and welcome back to So Jaded. I am your host, Jade Rodriguez. Welcome back. And I am actually really proud of today's episode. While I was editing, I just had a smile on my face the entire time. I am back with my two friends, Tristan and Sarah, and we are talking all about Killing Eve. There is a major spoiler alert for this episode, so please don't watch if you aren't caught up. And also, it's not a big deal, but I would just say, please don't listen if you're not done watching the show She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, which is an amazing Netflix show if you haven't seen it. Um, but if you're anything like me, everything can be considered a spoiler and we hate spoilers. So yeah. Anyways, this is a great episode. So let's get into it. Hi, friends. Once again, we have Tristan and Sarah here. Um, Hi, Jade. Hi, Jade. Hey. Uh, Today is all about Killing Eve. It's been a long time coming, let me just say. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, like, yeah, let's just dive in. Okay. Let's do it. Like, when did you guys start watching the show? How did you get into it? Let's just explain our journeys with it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'll start because mine's definitely sh- like a shorter explanation. <laughs> um, Tristan actually uh, got me into it. She insisted that I watch it. So um, when we moved in together in fall of 2019, it was something that we ended up doing. And I then watched season two with her uh, at the beginning of this year. And then I uh, watched season three live as it happened this year. Mm-hmm. Had you heard about it before I was telling you about it? Yes, I had heard about it. Jade had, you had mentioned it to me and I believe Grace had talked about it as well. Um, but I didn't know what, how, like how to get to it. Like I didn't, I didn't mm. know what service it was on and I didn't look into it. Right. And then when we moved in together, you were like hanging posters of Sandra O up and I was like, okay, I guess I got to get into this gig. <laughs> um, I started watching Killing Eve in 2018, the summer. It was right when the last episode was released. I don't know how I didn't learn about it as if they were being released. So I'm very immersed in the like gay media world. Um, but I saw a clip from the very last episode and it was Sandra O oh saying, I think about you all the time. I think about what you're doing and who you're doing it with. And I was like, whoa, 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 what, what is this? And then I didn't complete the clip, thank God, because I was like, this feels like something big, but it just seemed too good to be true. I was like, there's no way, is she talking about a woman? There's no way this is what I think it is. And then I watched the whole thing. Actually, with a friend, we were going to summer camp and we watched it together. And I was just completely shitting myself every second. I was like, I cannot believe this actually is a show about Sandra Oh being obsessed with a younger queer psychopathic <laughs> woman. It was just too much for me to handle. Yeah, uh, that was a that was a transformative summer because of that show. I got in it. I feel like it's been Tristan's goal in life to spread <laughs> Killing Eve as far as she possibly can, because uh, then right. Tristan wanted me to watch the show and we had watched it together um junior year and then I don't, oh and then I waited to watch season two with you too 
yeah you did because yeah, it, it was, premiered that's while i was abroad yeah because it yeah. had premiered and then i waited oh, and then um <laughs> and then even during quarantine we were like we're still gonna watch season three together and then we all had like zoom sessions and watched it um yeah group, which was so sweet that was really that's really sweet and important too. i was like i can't watch killing eve without tristan yeah <laughs> literally it was a really good very good few weeks that we had the show has definitely every single season has been really really different as we know the writers on this show are the biggest thing that influenced the show um i feel like i mean i think both of you would agree like once i guess to clarify for anyone who doesn't know Mm -hmm. phoebe waller bridge which we had a talk about fleabag a couple episodes ago she's the creator of that show she was also the writer of the first season of killing eve and once she kind of like stepped away from writing the show i feel like things really kind of changed Mm -hmm. um does anyone want to go a little like how do you think things kind of change i think their relationship the most is like the thing that changed for me or the storylines. I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing Tristan and I, cause Tristan had already seen season two a couple times mm-hmm. when I, when we watched it <laughs> together and we like spent a day watching it. And there was a lot of moments that like genuinely, like as we were watching it, like we looked at each other and we were laughing just cause yeah. they, they didn't, you know, oh. land the way they were supposed to. And I think the thing that we were able to zero in on that, was the most different was when they were together, there wasn't much chemistry. Like mm-hmm. when they are spending this time together, working together um, on, you know, this mission that they have been brought together for, like, mm-hmm. it's not the same kind of like witty, flirty, like yeah. some type of sexual charged. tension, like charge. Yeah. yeah. It was just kind of like two coworkers at a cafe who don't, yeah. who, you know, who, who butt heads a little bit, but it was missing kind right. of like, like the juiciness of season one. Yeah. It was like, they weren't trying to figure each other out as much anymore. They were kind of just step just with each other. I think I really like to believe that there is an overall arc for all four seasons. I'm kind of assuming it's going to end after season four. Mm -hmm. I know the executive producers have remained Sally Woodward, Gentile, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Sandra Oh, um, and a couple other women. And and I think one man. And I like to think that that, that team has an, a plan for the overall arc of what the characters go through together. Like, I think it was set in stone that at the end of season one, Villanelle commits an act of violence, uh, Eve commits an act of violence against Eve. Then in season two, I think they were supposed to work together a little bit. And then Villanelle was supposed to feel rejected and then commit an act of violence. And then in season three, um, they were both supposed to come back together at the end but go through journeys apart from each other and then end up back together. Like they couldn't Mm -hmm. stay away. So I think that journey is what I try to look for the most. I try to pin together what has been going on in the writer's room in that sense, but the dialogue is really, and, and like you said, Sarah, the, the moments between the two characters, especially in season two, maybe because we literally didn't get any scenes with Villanelle and Eve together in season three. So I have nothing really to compare it to, but just the, the the humor and the dialogue and the sort of heart-wrenching b- bits that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is so good at throwing in randomly didn't exist as much, especially in season two um, and a little bit more in season three. It just wasn't, it wasn't as clever and as, as um, realistic, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
but I still like to think that the writers have an overall plan. Yeah, I agree with that because the the way that the finales mirror each other, like there's no coincidence about that. I think the the finales of of both season one and season two Mm -hmm. definitely make sense, but it's definitely what you said about like their actual like genuine like moments together that like sticks out to us. Um, So I guess talking about Villanelle and Eve as separate characters, one thing that I think made me really excited about watching Killing Eve um, was obviously like we love gay vibes, but also um, (laughs) (laughs) just the fact that she is such a crazy, crazy female assassin. Um, This story, like, I don't I don't know. I feel like it's so different and she does it so well. Yeah, she does it so well. She's so talented. Um, But seeing that story for the first time done really well was um, the thing that really drew me to the show. I think the most Um, just because like she's so not perfect, Mm -hmm. but still so dynamic somehow. Because, like, we see her, she's freaking crazy, but, like, she she struggles. We see it a lot more in season three with, like, her struggling with being controlled. And she's never Mm -hmm. really felt, like, in charge of her own destiny. Yeah. So, I guess, like, what else do we think stands out about Villanelle? I think in season one, the it's her character is a lot more fascinating because she's kind of aloof and she's just sort of having fun in life. And that's what I thought her character was for like at her core um but then in season three I mean by the end of season three she's literally like someone will be like how are you Villanelle and she's like crying Mm -hmm. and you're like what like this it feels very different from season one which it's again like we could say it's either because there's a um discrepancy between the right not a a difference in the writers but I think what they were trying to do was in season one she's just fresh out of prison she's recently been recruited she's lived previously a life of neglection and poverty and despair and this is the first time in her life that she's ever had a real purpose and she's getting to do something so extraordinary and she's making a lot of money so she is at a pretty happy point and she's very young so she's naive and she's just trying to have fun with life but then as she gets older and starts to realize more about what real life is and you know about her family and everything then she starts to realize that like this is not the same it for her um so that's a big dynamic point in her character. Yeah, I think in season one, what I really loved was the mixture of like the maturity and the immaturity. Because on one hand, she literally is an assassin. Like her job is to, you know, take people's lives for them. She's a very dangerous profession that has, you know, literally deadly consequences. But at the same time, mm-hmm. she's just like this young girl who like loves fashion and is like really goofy and playful, you know, sometimes in a more aggressive way. But I really appreciated kind of that dynamic that we were given and then I agree she was very aloof and again I liked that and I also thought that was who she was and I think season two she is different and I I I struggle with season two like I don't know I struggle with trying to figure out what they were trying to do with her in season two Mm -hmm. but then in season three I really 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 appreciated like watching her become more human in a way like we really start to see her struggle with the life choices that she's made and kind of in a way the card she's been dealt my favorite episode hands down was when she went to find her family Mm -hmm. spend time with them and you know learned 
about them and then the the consequences of that experience um, because I think it was the most eye opening experience we have watched her go through, and yeah. then after that she struggles to return to her to her job or to the life that she was living prior to that, which yeah. I think just is a is a big complexity of the character, and I think of all the female characters that were given like Carolyn is feels pretty straightforward to me and even Eve at times like I don't feel like like I feel like yes she's complex but not in the ways that Villanelle is like Villanelle really does have so much to explore and talk about like we could have a whole podcast just on Villanelle in a way. I have a a question though do you think that Eve doesn't have as much to explore or do you think that the writers just didn't explore what they could have with her because I had a huge problem this season with her being neglected and I listened to Suzanne Heathcote saying that they thought that they'd sort of touched enough on her life in season one by saying that like her with Nico and her going to school and all that she went to school in Connecticut or went to school in England it was from Connecticut they thought that that was enough but I just I was like y'all could have really like we know nothing about her family we know nothing about how she was recruited to MI6 or anything like that Mm -hmm. or so I don't know do do you genuinely think that Eve is just a more straightforward character? Definitely. I mean, what I mean is that the way they've presented her to us, like they haven't given yeah. us, that's what I mean is they haven't really dived into her character. Like th- there's yeah. not even that much that we can, I feel like go off of besides the fact that like, we know she was MI6 and we know she had this fascination with female killers, which, you know, brought her on the journey that it, it did. But mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, we don't know much. So when I, yeah. when I say that I meant more like what you were saying, like they don't really, they give, really us give us as much. Yeah. Um, to talk so about frustrating I'd really I have a huge problem with that I can't help but think that if she were a white woman they wouldn't have done that she's literally the like, only Asian character on primetime tv and she's the protagonist and they're still mm-hmm. not giving so many her questions she needs. I think yeah, I'm like, always I'm always curious as to like is she ashamed of being interested in Villanelle because of the fact that like Villanelle's a psychopath or is oh, it because oh. or is it because like she's a woman like i would love for them to dive deep into like oh, yeah. that part of her you know yeah. like like she was married the, to a man like yeah right. the consequences we never saw her react to kissing eve on the uh, villain on the bus that was just like i mean we never saw her react to killing somebody uh, Raymond uh, yeah, yeah but you're right I would have loved to see her question her own morality and her own sexuality explicitly not just us thinking what she's thinking yeah I really mm-hmm. wanted more, more that's something that like a lot of people could definitely connect to and like you said like mm. she deserves that I think yeah. they, they try to imply that she has like a darkness to her or that there's mm. some level of of I guess psychopathy to her, but I, I struggle sometimes to see that. Like, like in terms of the writing and the the way that they have what they have given her, I I feel like I need more to kind of make yeah. that distinction. And I think that that's maybe the direction they're going in. But damn, I wish they would just go there already. It's, like, yeah, <laughs> it's really hard. They'll show these little bits of dark Eve rising, yeah. and then it's like exciting for a moment. But like you said, I'm like, I would have really liked to see the the progression more. Like, what does that mean? All of a sudden, she's stepping on, Hel- um, not Helene. What's that woman? Dasha's chest. But we didn't yeah. see any of her start to question these darknesses throughout the season. It's all of a sudden they're thrown in, and. I just want to say one more thing about this. There was a tweet that one of the writers posted 
for next season, the writers team, and it's a Zoom call of like 15 of the writers and they're all white people. And it got so much backlash that they ended up deleting it. And everyone's like, okay, cool, you deleted it, but what are you going to do about it? It's just crazy that I I really think that the whiteness of the team shows. I think if there had been people of color on on the writing team, they would have insisted that Eve got more screen time, which is also confusing because I know that Sandra O oh is an executive producer. I'm not sure how much how much place she has in in um, demanding. Yeah, Tristan, you and I have talked about that a lot. We're like yeah. we struggle to understand just TV in general, and I guess yeah. every show is different. Like, yeah, I think that the executive producers have, have more to say, but right, <laughs> she. Well, there's also interviews of Sandra O oh being like, "Yeah, I didn't really understand why things are written this way," or like, "Right, oh, so yeah, it's like yeah. so She's confusing." Like, in my head, yeah, and I can't on. help but think that. I mean, Phoebe is an executive producer. I'm sorry, I can't help but think that if she was actually involved in season two, it would be a lot better. It would like, been better. Season two I in particular really feels very void of Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Phoebe wasn't, I think she was working on Fleabag season two. I mean, if we look at the timeline, I think she was a lot less involved in season two than in season three. I did read Suzanne and Emerald both say that when they had characters about the question, uh, uh, sorry, questions about the characters, they would go to Phoebe and ask her and Phoebe would sort of guide them. But I think, I think she's taken a big step back. I think maybe it has to do more with the title of her name then and maybe like a little bit of guidance it's i really god i'm dying to know what the i think that's really it's really important to talk about something like that because i mean the fact of the matter is that even if you are a woman even if you are like you don't have the same experiences as like a woman of color is going to have so like your team can be diverse when it comes to like you have a lot of women on the team right but gay people but but it literally does not matter because like you those experiences are going to be so different for every single like individual on that team so that i mean that's really important to say just because like the answer is not just like putting more women like the answer is like putting diverse individuals absolutely right absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. Like we said, like their, I don't, their relationship is still evolving, which I think it's so hard to talk about this show because we don't know how they're going to end. Obviously, oh. but I swear to fucking god, I swear to fucking god, <laughs> if they are not walking together hand in Ooh. hand at the end of this fucking show, I am going to be so mad. I'm going to be so mad. What the whole point of the show is you're not going to tell me that you've been hinting at these romantic and sexual attractions towards each other for three whole seasons and then nothing's going to happen at the end? There's no way. I will be so betrayed i will feel I like went, I've yes been let on yeah betrayed is the perfect answer and i i oh god i don't think i knew that we deserved an ending like that until i i know you haven't seen it sarah but i just finished watching she-ra oh. and like we we don't have to talk about it but like okay. knowing knowing that a show can like give us what we want and we don't have to be miserable as viewers i've never felt happiness like that before like i've never felt happiness like that before and i need killing eve to give it to us because like fuck that shit i'm so tired i'm so tired of this i feel like they've kind of shot themselves in the foot in the sense that like 
they have kept it so shrouded in like this kind of like dark, like edgy, like mm. dangerous thing, which I think they kind of have to do considering, you know, the everybody's professions. But I think that they've done themselves a disservice in terms of the development of the relationship. Yeah. And I'm curious. Yeah. I'm so curious to see how they end it because it, it, I feel like it needs to feel like it, it's not just like coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see how they're going to like justify it because it's like, I don't know if I see these two at this point being able to, you know, be it together without any complications or issues, even in, in like a not normal sense. Like they deal with very unnatural in terms yeah. of people's everyday lives. So I'm, I am curious. I would, lo- I would love that. And I think, again, the fans deserve that. And I think yeah. even season three was not, it was a beautiful ending, but it was like not, so it didn't not give you much in a way. Yeah. And they try to justify it by being like their relationship transcends sexual desire and romantic desire. But I'm like, it's a cop out. It, it feels like a cop out at this point. It, it feels like they could have that and whatever the deepness is that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I really, I go back and forth a lot. I, I thought that when I first watched season one, I thought that season two was going to be them coming together and going on a journey together after they'd been through all this shit in season one. And I thought the same thing about season three when it was coming yeah. out, because this game that they play where they're both just trying to be with each other feels so overused, overdone. Like we, nothing is a shock anymore. That's another thing about Phoebe's season. Phoebe's season is so good because one, it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge and two, she had the advantage of everything being a shock. Like the mm. stabbing at the end and True. anything that happened, all the murders and everything, it was all like so brand yeah. new to us. I but love now, the anytime she wrote, oh, and the <laughs> murders were just so much more clever. The, yeah, I, yeah, I will never get over the perfume one. That one was just that so was crazy. crazy the fact that it didn't smell like anything, it was just so <laughs> eerie. Oh, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so now uh, any violence, any little like tension that they have is is not shocking or surprising at all. So I think yeah. that they had to do something different with their relationship, at least in season three maybe even season two and they just didn't they tried to play the same game sending each other a cake like we already know that they send each other gifts and (laughs) get mad that was so cake was so funny and the way that she went to the like when she threw it off the roof i lost it that's another thing i feel like when i laughed during season one, it was when Phoebe wanted me to laugh. But in okay. season two and yes. three, the moments that made me laugh yeah. were probably like not meant them, to make me laugh. With yeah. Them. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and I that. miss laughing with with, with. the show yeah. rather than at it. Because I, I mean, season two especially, <laughs> yeah. when, when, and Tristan, you she remember this moment, the- when she walks into, the, she's in like a floor length like couture gown and then all of a sudden she's just walking in <laughs> deeply into the woods like I was like what walking is away. Like, it's like, just, like the, the scene ghost. ended and she was That's like I'm fun. going now like it was so dumb <laughs> the one scene <laughs> I think kind of like what Tristan was saying about um like you can't give us all of these these like moments of like where they're romantic or they're like sexual with each other and then kind of like not make anything happen from it or like make it like a cop out now. Um, The one thing that always uh, like runs in my mind is the scene in season two where they're both laying in bed and they have the earpieces 
Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that is God. so weird to me. I'm sorry. Like, like, I have so many questions about that and what but the purpose it's of it was. so hot. I don't know. It's like, just it's like, hot. yes. Like, but at the same time, she, Eve is still having sex with a man. Like, that's yeah. the thing. It's, it's like, it feels is, so queer baby because yeah, it's not yeah, actually yeah. giving you anything. And right. at all at the same time, she's literally. intertwined with a a man she's having a heterosexual it it wouldn't be queer baiting if they gave us something after that but they just have exactly i i again i always feel so weird talking about the show without knowing what the end goal is because it feels like a one really long movie that they i don't know but at this point i'm frustrated and i don't i feel like it's all just been to get a rise out of the like yeah. they didn't even kiss in season two did they they should i'm sorry yeah, i no, felt no. like there should have been a kiss or something yeah. you know, by the but end of that all me, that craziness you're telling me after all that sexual talk talking about how y'all masturbate with each other all that stuff then your villanelle has eve pinned up against a counter being like give me everything that i want and then they just walk out and get in a car exactly. together and then go to the woods and then walk away from each other yes <laughs> like that's what i was saying so unrealistic yeah yeah Um, like eve felt strongly enough about villanelle to to you know justify killing a whole ass man because she thought she was protecting her which you know ends up being you know villanelle manipulating her and that's like a point of tension but eve they show eve obviously cares about her and we know villanelle Mm -hmm. does so why don't they have some type of physical connection even after that yeah. night that's the thing is like after that night where they're doing they're having a moment away yeah. from each other but somehow weirdly connected like yeah I don't know that we, frustrated me we still yeah. yeah we never see them actually talk about that moment afterwards or the kiss on the bus any of the, the intimate moments we have it all just restarts the next time that they're yeah. the next moment yeah there's a lot of things that they could definitely be doing better. I think the fact that this show even exists in the first place is really such a win. Yeah. It's such a win, but mm-hmm. also at the same time, like even though it, basically what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that even though the show existing feels like a win, I constantly feel like I'm losing. Like when I watch, oh, when I watch it, you know it what I mean? Honestly, I feel like I I'm somebody of the people who who watch this that I know, I think I'm definitely one of the people who's like the least like um invested in terms of like a personal mm-hmm. thing. Like mm-hmm. so yeah. I feel like I watch I watching you guys watch season three was a little bit painful. Can I be honest? Like, <laughs> like especially you, you, Tristan and Connie. Like Tristan and Connie in particular was like it was she painful was so watching yeah. her get nothing every right every week it was just like do you know what I mean like it's it's I feel bad because like I feel like I'm able to I feel like I have some separation from it but like for you guys like it's a big deal it's one of the it is one of the only shows that Mm -hmm. has these female protagonists that are queer but they're not doing anything with it so it's like yes it's a win but it's also a lose like it's it's really really frustrating yeah yeah but can we I want to say the good parts about the show Back to your question oh, yes. about a female assassin. It's incredible to me that this is one of the most sexual shows I've ever seen. And there is not a single sex scene in it. Besides in season one, there's one sex scene between Villanelle and this man. Um, but it's very not intimate. It's her just kind of like, I, I read it as her just trying to get it over with. 
she's never over-sexualized at all. She never uses her sexuality to lure in her killers. In fact, it's kind of even joked at. Remember when she's killing Frank, she says something like, oh, I'm going to use you for sex. And he's kind of like, oh, what? And then she's like, that's, you're, you're, fuck you, I'm kidding. She's like, you fucking um, idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the sexuality, I just, I've never seen a show that has women that are so sexual and thinking about sex, but they're not over-sexualized. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. They're never like, underdressed or um mm-hmm. or looked at by other men men are honestly so irrelevant in the show that's another thing yeah. I love about it I love that it's like Villanelle hates men but a lot of times female characters will be really uncomfortable with men but they still have a big part in the in the story but mm-hmm. in Killing Eve they're just so irrelevant it's like she she just doesn't mess with them at all because she doesn't like them at all. And this is what I'll say, and this kind of connects back to um, what we talked about during Fleabag, that like, Mm -hmm. this is why it's so important to have female writers. I feel Mm -hmm. like most of the writers for this show or like the biggest writers, because they are women, you see women in a real way and they're not overly sexualized. They're not there just to be looked at. And I I think that's a reason why people also love this show is because Mm -hmm. I feel like if you think of like all the other versions of like female assassins I'm thinking of, it's like Angelina Julie and she's like right. you know, like leather tight right uh, like, like skin Nikita. tight like leather suit like it's just so yeah Nikita like and but I guarantee you most of that is produced written um, directed by men yeah. and like right even then. if you look yep. at I think the best example of this is with the recent um Wonder Woman appearances so oh, yeah. you have the Wonder Woman solo movie written by a woman and then to see her in the Justice League movie which was directed by oh, a man those yeah. are two different characters yeah it is spooky same actress birds with prey birds, birds of oh, prey really? too it's crazy to watch the way um in a uh, a group of men in a movie directed by men how that character is portrayed versus when she gets her own solo show you could write a whole dissertation just on the way they're dressed it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah like, it is that and is it really real- frustrates me and it's why I, I rather think women should write more and more yeah, yeah like at the end of the day if I have things to complain about, I rather complain about like, oh, they're just so emotional. But like, I, I just love their queer relationship. I rather complain about that than like, why is she she so over-sexualized? Like, I'm glad like the issues we have with the show are like character-based and like, you know, emotion-based and like dynamic-based than like the superficial like stuff Mm -hmm. that we're so used to seeing. At least we have something to work with. And I love that I barely know anything about these random men like Nico, like where does he come from? Like, I think the man we knew the most that was Kenny and um I mean R.I.P. um because <laughs> he was connected to like a strong female character yeah and we learned a lot about him through their relationship but other than that like I feel like we don't know much about Constantine we don't know yeah. much about um there's like literally no other any but well, we don't really know anything one of the biggest problems that I had this season again is that Carolyn's character was mm. had so much screen time with Geraldine um and I just didn't I kept thinking Geraldine was going to somehow be tied back to the 12 but I guess now that we finished it the only reason that her character existed was to further Carolyn's uh character sleep Um, with Constantine yeah but also to show like like when I also to show that Carolyn has a huge emotional block and she deals with mourning by trying to busy herself with work rather than crying about it. It was when I heard Suzanne and Fiona Shaw talk about it, it just 
it was very interesting. And I keep thinking that those scenes between Carolyn and Geraldine would have been my favorite scenes on any other TV show. I would have been like, whoa, this Carolyn woman is really interesting, really kind of admirable. And those scenes are definitely written by a woman. But it was just the fact that it took away from Eve and um, Villanelle that it frustrated me. But mm. just Jade, back to your point, it's those issues that I have, like a, a character being developed. But I don't know. It just, like you said, they're they're good issues to be having. It's like this one yeah. getting too much, too much screen time over another woman. Yeah. But it was still very interesting. I'd rather be frustrated with like plot and and stuff mm-hmm. like that rather than being like, why is she always half naked? <laughs> Right, yeah. right. Like yeah. that feels unnecessary. That, would, that just, yeah, yeah, totally. Sarah, I just want to casually ask you what you thought about the last two episodes now that you watched them. I guess, like, especially the last one with the. I think, um, I think that, you know, how I was telling you I'm somebody who is better when I watch things all together. I think what yeah. I realized watching them was, especially because I already knew it was happening, like, I was paying attention, but I was also, like, a bit mentally distracted with everything that's yeah. going on right now. Um, oh, yeah, true. The world. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, overall, I think that I, I really appreciated the sweet moments that the last episode gave, although they may not be, you know, that taking us there like fully, I think it was nice to be able to get those, like the dancing and like looking at the old people, like I I really appreciate that. And then, um, I mean, we talked about the final moment and I actually read a lot of Twitter discourse on it Uh because I was curious how people were thinking of it. And a lot of people were like, that moment was more romantic than like a kiss would ever be. Like, like a villanelle is, you know, saying like, you know, I don't, you don't have to choose me. Like I'm letting you, I don't want this for you. And she chooses her anyway. Like, and, and I totally get that stuff. So I think that it really depends on what you're expecting or how, if you're, I think some people are really just like, can they fuck already? But some people (laughs) really do appreciate the more romantic elements of it. And I do think Mm -hmm. that was a very romantic moment. Um, Overall, I think that season three was much more consistent than season two. And Mm -hmm. I think that those two episodes played into that as well. So I'm not like mad at season three, the way I was like, yeah, it's, I feel so ambivalent. Season two was felt so, as we've all know, so disconnected from the world which is really frustrating because I kept being like, this and this is going to lead back to the 12 somehow. I thought that yeah. Villanelle at the end was going to kill Aaron Peel and steal that mass amount of information and then use it against the 12. And then when that mm. didn't happen, that's the first time I was ever like, oh, fuck this show. Like, I can't trust these writers. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then in season three, the whole thing happened again. The- I was like, I was like, they've got a plan. They've got a plan. They're going to lead this up to something. But every time they introduce a new piece of the 12, which I really liked that they focused more on the 12 this season. I they agree. didn't, it wasn't like they were answering anything. It was like they were creating more questions for us to wonder about. Yeah. Which is so frustrating. But in season two, we did get more between Eve and Villanelle. But like we said, it felt less charged. In season three, we got so much less of Eve and Villanelle. But when we did, it was more intimate. I feel so, I'm, I'm still, I got to yeah. rewatch all of it and figure out. It was, into, it. it wasn't, you know, hot and heavy or anything like that, but you, I feel like it definitely, it so you get the spark back. Like with season yeah. two, like we were saying, when they were spending time together, it felt like, like it felt void of any type of like, Wait, feelings. Do you remember in the very last episode after she kills um, 
Raymond, and then they're walking, and Villanelle, they just keep like she, Villanelle keeps trying to reach over to touch Eve, and Eve just keeps like swatting her hand away. It's not even like tension; it's just like a. <laughs> I think, like, oh my god, where they. I think where they are right now, at least at the end of season three, is we know for a fact that they want what's best for each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think and like they're they want it so badly that they're willing to sacrifice the relationship because I don't think either one of them thinks that they're good or, good enough for the other person. That's interesting. They're willing to sacrifice it, but then I like they don't really right like at the very end they're like we're willing to walk away but then they don't so that leaves Mm -hmm. such a big question mark for what's gonna happen in season four good place to start um for season four i think the one time i was talking to tris about this and i something that made her laugh a lot i was like it was so fucking rude of emerald (laughs) and season two that way because then fucking susan had to deal with that terrible like that was a bad end like that's hard to come back from like i was like she really said i'm gonna do this like i don't care knowing it was not her problem to fix Mm -hmm. and i really appreciate that we end in a place where it feels Mm. like there's so many options right for them to go and i wouldn't be surprised if they were together i wouldn't be surprised if if they were trying to make things worse and maybe i wouldn't also be surprised if they had decided to part, but we're still thinking about each other. Like there's yeah. something so powerful right. in that ending because right. there's possibility. Yeah. And I, I know Jody got a lot of backlash, backlash. Good job. Because she was in an interview and they asked her what she thinks happens after they walk away from mm-hmm. each other or after they uh, turn back around on the bridge. And she said she thinks that they walk away. She was like, I think they just had to acknowledge that moment. And then oh. they just kept walking, which might be true but the way she said it just it, it was really not what anyone wanted to hear at that time and everyone was like you ruined my day um, <laughs> but Sandra is really good at being like oh but the connection that we feel with each other I think like they're definitely gonna um they, they've acknowledged that this connection that they have is they can't walk away from each other she didn't exactly say oh. what she thinks happens immediately after but she confirmed that this is something big and I so it's, I'm really excited They've for season four gotten to a place where they could be together like i mean eve yeah. no longer has got a husband we took yeah. care of that yeah <laughs> i'm sorry just thinking of the piss off forever <laughs> or fuck off forever i don't even remember what it was when he was like pressing the button we were so um, mad sorry i will never forget when we found out he was alive what? i was like are you fucking <laughs> what why can't he why? die no fucking fence why does he get to live and kenny didn't kenny was actually helpful he was like somebody who eve actually needed to like figure stuff out and like research things and of yeah. course fucking nico is the one who survives what kind of right it that didn't make dumb. any sense there's so much science in that show that just makes no sense how did he <laughs> even get to a hospital like that that was a tiny ass right. time telling me he in got to a hospital rural, and was saved rural yeah. pe- pe- poland poland <laughs> And you're telling me, like, come on. Yeah, I agree. Also, why did Kenny die? Like, I feel like we never really. For what? Yeah. What is that? Why? Was that? that Oh, remember? Oh, also. Yeah, I think. I think. Sorry, Jade. What were you gonna say? No, remember when Kenny died? We were like, oh, why? And then I was like, he was the last person that she really cared about. Oh, true. Mm. Which, which kind of like him. pushed her, like, which pushed her back, back into to twelve. Yeah, and investigating. also it helped with a lot of Carolyn. Mm-hmm. One thing that I would love to 
talk about is kind of like how Eve has changed. Like, I feel like we talked a little bit about like Villanelle, you know, she's changed a lot from like first season to now. So how does that change happen um, for Eve? Other than like being married and now <sighs> being into, and now being like, <laughs> she, it's like she, which um, no one discusses. <laughs> she gets uh, radicalized in a mm. way. Like she has an interest in in female serial killers, and you know the kind of the action and the violence that they perpetrate. Yeah. So much so that she's collecting information on it. She it affects her in personal ways. Like first with Bill, and then she connects with Villanelle Mm. and like, I think we just watch her go deeper, deeper into like that world. And I think the question that we talk about a lot is like, you know, is this bringing out a darkness in her that was latent? That was, you know, that Mm. was like already there, but is it blooming or is it causing it in her? So I think like that's the most peculiar thing about her character to think about is like, is this her natural sense that is coming forward? Or is this an experience that has driven her to this? I think it was in her. I feel like, because we see her, she's basically like our main woman who is in this marriage that she doesn't really find that interesting anymore. And I feel like finding Villanelle makes her realize a different person that she can be, which Mm -hmm. is like that because she gets so excited when she's like able to like really like investigate and like do something that she's passionate about. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like it's just like one thing affects the other. And like now she's realizing she's this different person. Yeah, I think they definitely try to hint at that in season one. Like she, the way that she reacts to Bill's death is not very normal. She's not really crying at all or anything. Also, she literally does attack Nico. Like she literally hits him and like pushes him at one point. Then she stabs Villanelle. So I think they do hint that she has this weird darkness. And also the, like you said, Jade, the obsession that she gets when she's in the middle of an investigation. She just gets this kind of crazy look in her eyes. Yeah. Um, There definitely is a discrepancy between the seasons just her character is so weird and she's just not as witty in season one in seasons two and three she feels more like a facade to me just kind of Mm -hmm. this character who's as I can't I can't put it into words but it feels less consistent but I do think that she's someone that has had trouble being a super empathetic woman and like housewife kind of person I think she's had trouble with that her whole life but she was trying to just fit in and oppress suppress it yeah. And then knowing that Villanelle existed, not that Villanelle, exa- like you said, Jade, not that Villanelle exactly caused it, but her thinking about Villanelle and thinking about um, this kind of life led her to that. And similarly with Villanelle, who we see a lot more of that change with, Villanelle at the end of season three is like crying all of the time. That's not necessarily caused by Eve. It's not like Eve inspired her to be more emotional, but I think Eve inspired her to want to learn about her family then when she went to her family all that shit happened which then led her to be in a more vulnerable state so it's not like they exactly cause each other but they just led them to have these different experiences but it's really hard for me to talk about Eve's character because I just don't feel like I have enough to work I feel like there's a there's a joke in the fandom that everyone is a clown because we're all just like clown contour just trying so hard to piece together what's happening and we're idiots 
I have I there's this one podcast that I listen to of these two people who would release out like five to ten hours of content every week oh dissecting everything that happens in the show and all the like um, interviews and any behind the scenes things they're so funny and after they also do live streams and after the last episode of the bridge scene they were so overwhelmed that they were like alexa play clown music and it was like da, 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 da. and they were like we're about to go waiting another fucking year for something to happen <laughs> Like they're not wrong, and that's the thing. And is like right. you, um, you get upset when I ref- say that they're queer baiting you or that they might be, but I it's know, like but they're really not giving you point, much. Like, know. come on. Uh, it, and like this is the BBC; they, they would, can do more, right? Because yeah. we've had, you know, black. we know that they can be gay. They, they would, they, they would argue by being like they do have a deeper connection, more intimate than anything. But it's like how that's not an excuse. I agree. I know what you mean, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like you can have a slow dance as a treat, right? Oh, oh my treat. god, <laughs> little treat. That's the most that we got. And then there's obviously never spoken about again. Oh, there's obviously a lot of cons as well as there are a lot of pros. I think this is a show that, like, you can definitely everyone is going to kind of think of it in a different way i think because there's so much that's not told to us there's a lot that we have to infer on our own which is why i think it's a great show for people to watch because everyone's going to think about it differently because you're forced to think about it because you're not told anything straight up (laughs) so like they basically like force that on you which like whatever which makes yeah (laughs) But like, I I guess what I'm saying is that like, there's obviously a lot of, you know, positives and negatives. But I think in general, I'm glad that these two women just like exist anyway. Because I mean, at this point, I will take what I can get. Exactly. Right. But we're still fighting for more, you know? Yeah. And I also love that the show is so carefully uh, constructed. Since each season is only eight episodes, it's not like some network TV where they go into each season and just write as much as they can. I know it's like all pieced together, everything yeah. they've thought about it. And even di- like the acting choices and the directing, Jody and Sandra are such amazing actors. And I know that they go into every scene. I know Sandra asks questions about every moment, like what her character is thinking. And I know Jody also, I know that the directors tell her exactly what to do and every, like she can portray one millisecond of emotion because someone tells her to I think Sandra kind of does does that more for herself and Jody kind of follows the lead of the directors that's my thesis that's what makes it really fun for me to watch because any single second that the characters will do anything I I'm wondering what they are what the directors and the actors and the writers were thinking in that moment and it's also very heavily directed there's so much that yeah played with like the lights and the colors of the costumes and the hair what their hairstyle is they I know that they they plan a lot into that so it makes it really fun to watch but it's all question it's all me guessing at what i think is happening any uh last words ladies uh i just gotta say i love the fashion this is a that is like one of my favorite things about this show even in season two Mm -hmm. like that was kind of the thing that i started latching on to i was like yes (laughs) wig yes yes black veil like yes like suit like that like that kind of had to be the thing that i was paying the most attention to yeah they really do give villanelle some amazing so amazing which are so fun yeah. to look at and dissect. Um, and I appreciate that because I think I think that that helps us understand her more and how yeah. she's 
how she's become somebody who expresses herself through her clothes as she's found her way in life because Mm -hmm. she didn't have things like that growing up. And I think that's really interesting. I think it says a lot about her character that she's so yeah. fashionable. That's so and then there's the heavily directed um, mention of it. Like Tristan, you talk a lot about like the warm toned colors of clothing mm-hmm. versus the cool toned colors of clothing and how that can kind of uh, speak to the emotional yeah. state right. characters are in, which is another reason why I think it's always interesting. Oh, show. Well, I love you both. I really appreciate both of you taking time out of your Saturday to record this. This was fun. I'm glad I got to see y'all. I love you. I love you both so much. I'm really glad I got to see you and talk about my favorite show. I know. It is your favorite show. Well, I love you both. I'll be singing.